Seattle, 631-2582. Okay, let's do this. As we go into the world of the haters. Don't be hating. Just living the dream. I love that. You know what? I will have some meatloaf. Let's have some meatloaf. You want some? I knew you'd go. Hey, Mom! The meatloaf! We want it now! The meatloaf! What is she doing? I never know what she's doing back there. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks into the end zone. Hunter in ball, caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro, and Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. It's my pleasure to present the national championship trophy to Coach Davo Sweeney and the Clemson Tigers. The sea was angry that day, my friends. Like an old man trying to send back soup in a deli. Stands head and shoulders over everybody else. He is a world champion on his own. Play. He is actually 6'5 with the Afro 6'9. Pretty good dribbler. All you do is dribble. I have to dribble. If I give it to you, you just shoot. You're a chucker. Oh, chuck. That's right. Every time you get the ball, you shoot. I can't believe you called me a chucker. No way I'm a chucker. I do not chuck. Never chuck. Never have chuck. Never will chuck. No chuck. <laughs> you chuck. Barry takes a shotgun snap, back to pass. Here comes pressure, and he's down. Farrell gets him, sacks him all the way back at the eight-yard line. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. There was a time in this country when sports were revered. But people today, their values are all out of whack. All around the clock, sports all the time. That's the concept of the news. Oh, that's never going to work. Roy Philpott on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. Hey, good afternoon on this Wednesday, 7th day of June. It is 2017. We are sunsplash. We are feeling good about life. And a lot to talk about today on this Wednesday afternoon. With Kelly Gramlich, Roy Philpott, great to have you with us. A lot to get into. 654-7627, the phone number, 654-ROAR. On a very busy Wednesday, Game 3, the NBA Finals coming up tonight. Cleveland, Golden State. Give you some tidbits on that coming up later in the show today. Golden State, for the record, about a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. What does it mean? Does LeBron have a chance? We'll get into that coming up later in the show. The big story today, to lead things off, it's not the NBA Finals because you don't want it to be, and I really don't want it to be either. I'm not ready to really get into it just yet, but the story out of Columbia. Chad Holbrook resigning, head baseball coach at Carolina. A little surprised when the news broke late last night that the Gamecocks head man decided to step down. And obviously, there's a lot going on down there. The regression of that program since winning back-to-back national championships and playing for a third title. When Ray Tanner stepped aside, Chad Holbrook had extremely, extremely big shoes to fill. And he never really did it. Never advanced to Omaha to the College World Series. Recruiting had tailed off, I think, somewhat. And the news coming out late last night as Chad Holbrook released a statement that he was stepping down 
from the head baseball coaching position down at Carolina. This is what he said, quote, I want to thank our fans, players, coaching staff, and everyone that touched Carolina baseball. This will always be a special place for me and my family, wearing that jersey, being part of two national championships and meeting so many great people are things I will always treasure. I'll always be a Gamecock. At the end of the day, this was the best decision for us. I wish Coach Tanner in the program I love so much nothing but the best. Start for a new or the start uh, or the, the search. Starting the search for a new head baseball coach begins uh, right now, according to several South Carolina insiders, one of which we will have on our show today. Wes Mitchell from GamecockCentral.com is going to join us coming up in hour number three at 225. We'll get his take on what happened, what went wrong, and which direction South Carolina will go from here. Also on the show, coming up in our second hour, Daniel Shirley, sports editor of the Macon Telegraph. We'll touch base with D. Shizzle, get his thoughts on what is happening across the Deep South, down at South Carolina, and even here in Tigertown with what transpired this weekend in the Clemson Regional. So a lot to talk about. Love to hear from you on a couple of these topics. We also have some college football to get into as well. It's, uh, you know, it's the time of year where we talk about lists. Has been indicated yesterday. Upper management talked about it. We got a couple of lists today, including the fan bases most in love with their head coaches. We say this because we know who is a part of this list. And we'll give you that coming up later in the show, courtesy of our friends, not at Athlon, not at Lindy's, but with an association we actually trust, a literal association with the Associated Press, the AP. Yeah, the AP is kind of bloggy all of a sudden. So we'll get your thoughts on that coming up later in the show as well. 654-ROAR if you want to talk with us. Ben Milstead joins us right now. Upper management, very busy. How are you? Doing well? Oh, man, I'm just so good. You're doing so, so good. You're doing so, so, good. so good. Oh, wow. How about that? Yeah. It's good to see you today. Good to see you too. You uh, you look you look a little more... Rested? Yeah. I, you know, I, I just I decided I was going to ignore it yesterday. <laughs> you were... Well, you were... You were you were Roy. <laughs> it was the day of Roy. You, you do look a little more rested. You don't look like you've been just sitting at a ballpark for, you know, a dozen hours or so reading poetry or whatever you do during rain delays. You read me very well because yesterday I was operating probably in about five hours of sleep for two or three nights in a row. So it was good last night. Uh-huh. To crawl into bed around 8.45 and to fall asleep probably around 9.10. And then to wake up this morning around eight o'clock, it was refreshing. So I, I do feel better. I, yeah. So I and I appreciate you noticing as always, both that I was perhaps a little substandard yesterday, and, and then now today, you know, back at probably ninety percent strength. So you, that's you, good. You you started off a little cranky yesterday, but it, you you know we were always we, a little cranky the we, first show. We of worked the week. through it. Now I've got to ask this: If you went to bed at eight forty-five, what time did Roy Philpot eat dinner? You know, we actually ate later yesterday. Um, <laughs> normally right when I get home, I'm ready to eat. And so we didn't do that. We actually pushed it back. We ended up at Waffle House yesterday, like six o'clock, which Some, was a late dinner for us. Somebody's telling me three 30. No, it was not three 30. Okay. <laughs> uh, for those wondering, my daughter is actually in studio with us today, which is always fun. She's excited to be here. One of my, yeah, I love it. Yeah. She's uh ultra cute. Anna Catherine. She's seven about ready to turn eight and getting ready for the third grade coming up in third August. grade. And wow. uh, I know that means we're all getting old. I think she wants to talk on the radio. You want to talk on the radio today at all? You're not ready now, maybe later, or you want to do it right now? Not right now, she's saying. 
Not now. Okay. All right, so a little bit later. She has grown up a lot. She has. She's very tall. Yes, she is. The weird part about my family, everybody but me and my mother are tall. All right, my dad's 6'3". Probably didn't want me to talk about his weight on air, but I mean, he's he's pushing two. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's a big man. Uh-huh. I, I've I've got a couple of uncles that played uh, college basketball. My mom's side, her brothers are like six 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 seven. My dad's uh-huh. side, I got all my uncles are huge, with the exception of me and my mom. But I I, I think Anna Catherine's got the tall gene, and so she's probably gonna be like five nine five ten. Yeah, she's so, gonna be she's gonna be tall. Well, five. For for a girl, yeah, that is tall. Well, it's tall for me. I mean, she's gonna, I, I'm gonna, she's gonna dwarf me basically. So I got to get used to that. Like it is it. what it is. But she's she's hanging out with us today, and she'll talk at uh, at some point. Big story is Chad Holbrook, right? I, I suppose, yeah. Is that it's, that's not really on your radar? Not a big deal. Don't care about it. Care about it? Any kind of ramifications with what's going on here? Oh, I don't think there's any ramifications whatsoever here. Well, I mean, just just in your world. No, uh, South Carolina's not hiring Monty Lee. That's that's mm-hmm. not even a... I mean, if that was even possible, I would bring it up. We would talk about it and analyze it. I'm not going to waste anybody's time doing it. Not a shot, not anything. It's just where it is. But, I mean, does it mean anything to you? Does it mean that they've fallen off the face of the planet? Does it mean anything that, that you care about today? I No, I don't think they've fallen off the face of the planet. And, in fact, I think... Th- Whoever it ends up being, I expect South Carolina to make a good hire and for that program to start um, climbing again rather than the, you know, the free fall. So from that standpoint, yeah, that, you know, a lot of Clemson fans for the last, for this whole baseball season have said, yeah, you know, Chad Holbrook's probably not going to last and almost sound like they're pulling for it. The reality of it is, you probably wanted him to stay because I expect South yeah. Carolina to upgrade. That's kind of a good point. Five seasons in Columbia. Holbrook goes 200 and 106. So he basically won two out of every three games. They made two supers, missed the postseason twice, other times made uh, regional play, and that was it. No trips to Omaha. I mean, it was a difficult job to begin with because of what happened. I mean, South Carolina had nowhere to go but down. Think about what transpired earlier this decade. Winning back-to-back national championships. Think about how hard that is in anything. I don't care what sport it is. To win multiple conference championships in a row is one thing. To do it nationally is just something that's totally out of this world. That happens under Ray Tanner. Ben, they nearly went back-to-back-to-back. Remember, they played for another national title the following season in Omaha. Uh, Tanner ends up stepping aside to become the athletic director. Holbrook gets the call. I mean, the only way that he could persist there the same amount of time that Tanner did after arriving from NC State was to do what Tanner did, which was darn near impossible. So, I mean, you never want to be the guy that follows the legend. For all the people that speculate that Dabo Sweeney could replace Nick Saban at Alabama, yeah, he's crazy enough that if he wants to do it, you know, he would probably give it the old college try, but that's not the guy you want to be because it's impossible to live up to those kinds of expectations. You want to be the guy that follows the guy because that way you create a little separation. That way the program's kind of trended downward for a couple of years. And then getting to a super regional and then going just back to Omaha without winning a title feels like progress again. Whereas if you're Chad Holbrook, just making it to Omaha wasn't going to be enough, and that never happened. So mm-hmm. in the five seasons, they never had a return trip to the College World Series. 
So it felt like the program was sliding into oblivion. And I'll tell you something else that probably didn't help matters. Losing to Clemson, what, three straight years, I believe it is now, in the regular season, probably didn't help his cause in the eyes of the administration at South Carolina, in the minds of Gamecock fans who have wanted him gone for the last two and a half years, it feels like. And so that 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 did not help. For the record, he resigned. To me, that's a fancy word of saying that he was forced out. And again, we'll talk with Wes Mitchell coming up in hour number three about some of the vernacular here. But in my opinion, that's that's how it shook out in Columbia. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. And I, I will say this too. I think that's the honorable thing to do for Chad Holbrook to do. He, it takes his mentor, his friend, his boss off the hook from having to make a difficult decision. And it looks better all the way around. Uh, it looks better for the school, for Ray Tanner, and for and for Holbrook, and and everything. I've never met, I've never met Holbrook, but everything I've ever been told about him, he is just a stand-up guy. He's a good dude, really good dude. Loves the school, has been loyal to to South Carolina, and you know that's that's kind of the the unfortunate thing out of all this. It this is something that all along I think most people felt like inevitably this was going this day would come. Yeah. Because just knowing that it was overwhelming odds that he was up against taking over this job, but still, I mean, credit to him for for agreeing to do that and and, and giving it the best try that he could. And I expect him to be, I expect him to be a successful head coach somewhere one day. I would agree. I I don't know where he lands if there was another Power Five program in search of a quality assistant. I, I think he certainly fits that bill. And that could be in the SEC. That could be in the ACC. I I think he'll have opportunities rather quickly. Ray Tanner said in a statement, quote, we thank Coach Holbrook for his dedication and commitment to the program and wish him the best in his future endeavors. He and his family were part of some great memories at South Carolina, and we will miss them. South Carolina this past season, 35 and 25, and maybe the straw that broke the camel's back in addition to what happened against Clemson in the regular season the last three years, missing the postseason for two of the last three campaigns, And then this year in particular, losing each one of the last eight SEC series. That's just not something we're used to talking about when it comes to South Carolina baseball. And yet that's what happened. So the fact that he resigned, a fancy way of saying, in my opinion, that he was forced out. We'll talk with Wes Mitchell about it. Coming up in hour number three. And if I'm South Carolina, I'm looking across the country to try to figure out who I want to bring in. And in my estimation, this is one of the more attractive positions in all of college baseball, given the recent history in Columbia and also the facilities and also the attendance and all those kinds of things. You know, at Founders Park, they packed that place out and it's rocking, man. That's one of the better atmospheres in all of college baseball. I've seen it firsthand. Seen it in postseason play. Seen the regular season. They get it going. The fans are going to turn out in droves. It's a great facility. It's brand new, essentially. And uh, they've won at the highest level. So, in my opinion, this becomes the premium, the number one vacancy available this year in college baseball. And if you're Ray Tanner, you're, you're looking everywhere. I, I'm making a phone call to Dan McDonald uh, up at Louisville. I'm talking to Schlossnagel out of TCU. I, I'm talking to uh, some of the up-and-coming assistants. But I, I think it's the kind of position to where they could draw a head coach with power five experience and and say, okay, you know, we got a coach here, wherever 
maybe even in the SEC for all that we know, or maybe in the ACC, here's this guy. He's been there. He's making you know $750,000 a year. We're going to pay him $1.1 million to come in here to be the head coach. And I know I've read tweets that say, well, they're not going to spend that much money. No, I think that they will. I think that they will. We'll talk with Wes Mitchell about it again coming up in hour number three. But it's too important of a position with that athletic program to swing and miss, pun intended. Mm-hmm. All right? And so and you can always go with the young assistant, the hotshot recruiter. But I, I think it, it, you know, it doesn't have to be a splash hire, but it needs to, to, to be a hire that makes sense. And I think you're, you're looking for SEC ties. You're looking for somebody that has, you know, that built-in recruiting deal going and and probably somebody that has coaching experience, head coaching experience somewhere along the way. And doesn't Ray Tanner have to make a great hire here? He is a baseball guy. Yeah. This is sort of his – I I mean, you could argue this is sort of his legacy hire here. I realize it's not football, and depending on how that, you know, turns out there, but, I mean, this is – if if I'm Ray Tanner, I'm th- I'm taking my time. I'm doing what you say. Right. I'm calling guys that I don't think I got a shot at, and I'm, you know, I'm calling. Every- no one is no one no one is off limits here, and I'm not letting I'm not letting a hundred two hundred thousand dollars stand in the way of me getting a home run hire kind of a guy if he's available. All right, we'll talk more about this coming up. We've got text pouring in about potential candidates. And we'll do our best to talk about that as well. Six five four seven six two seven NBA Finals Game 3 tonight. Can LeBron hang with Golden State at home as a three-and-a-half-point underdog? We'll talk about that. I've got some college football to get to. We've got two guests. Daniel Shirley coming up second hour. Wes Mitchell, hour three. Back with much more after this. I'm a donut nut. I'm a donut nut. I'm a nut for Krispy Kreme. Hi, I'm Glenn Reese with Krispy Kreme Donut Company in Anderson and Spartanburg. We're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Drop by for a delicious donut and a cup of coffee. And remember, raise money for your club, church, or group of worthy cause. Sell Krispy Kreme Donuts. Call Anderson and Spartanburg Krispy Kreme. I'm a donut nut, I'm a donut nut, I'm a nut for Krispy Kreme. Need to travel? Edwards Auto Sales in Walhalla has the area's best prices on new Ford trucks, cars, and SUVs. In business for over 50 years, shop Edwards Auto Sales for all your automotive needs. You know, watching your family grow is a wonderful part of life. But with it comes responsibilities. Have you planned for your children or grandchildren's education? Does your current insurance cover your needs the right way? Should you start or diversify your investment portfolio? Talk to the independent, full-service financial advisors at Kiwi Financial Group. Wherever you are in life and whatever you need for your family, Kiwi Financial Group in Clemson can help. Call them today at 654-5043 or go online at KiwiFG.com. There are two things every parent wants when their child goes to college. For their child to do well and a way to afford it. Now, with Discover Student Loans, parents can have the best of both worlds. Not only do our loans cover up to 100% of school certified costs with zero fees, but we'll give them a cash reward for each new student loan if they earn at least a 3.0 GPA or equivalent. That means every A in history or B in math could help them earn a cash reward for good grades. Just one of the many ways we treat you like you'd treat you. 
Apply now in 15 minutes or less at discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. Oh, boy. Man, I had a rough night's sleep. Oh, boy. Whew. I got a letter from the IRS yesterday, and I, I just couldn't sleep. Man, my, I'm dying here. Somebody help me. IRS problems affect more than just your finances. If you're ready to take back control of your life and you owe more than $10,000, you need to call the tax doctor. Their expert staff can immediately protect you from the IRS and state collectors and get you the best possible tax settlement guaranteed. The IRS has recently released new programs geared in helping struggling taxpayers, where you may qualify to settle your tax debt and wipe out up to 85% or more of what you currently owe. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call the tax doctor right now. See if you qualify to pay less. 800-631-9241-800-631-9241-800-631-9241-Again, 800-631-9241. Guys, Father's Day is just around the corner, and Harry's.com knows that the little things make a big difference to Dad. We know great dads do all the little things to make our lives easier, and so now we can return the favor with a gift from Harry's.com. This Father's Day, they've got a limited edition Father's Day shave that's sure to be a big hit with that special dad in your life. This Father's Day, Harry's is offering a limited edition shave set just for your dad. It starts at $30 with an option to add engraving and includes a Storm Gray limited edition razor, an engravable razor stand, large foaming shave gel, replacement blades, and a travel blade cover. It's everything dad needs for the closest, most comfortable shave on the market. And get this, you can get $5 off this limited edition Father's Day set with the promo code OOB5, with the code OOB5. Once again, that's harrys.com. Give the dad the gift of a great shave, and don't forget that promo code OOB5. Roy Philpot is on the air. 105.5 The Roar. First half of the show continues. Beautiful Wednesday afternoon. Probably the best weather of the year so far today. It's like the perfect temperature. It's not too humid. I got a little breeze blowing past us. It's nice. It's beautiful outside. Get outside today if you can get outside. It is. It was very humid uh, yesterday afternoon, even though the sun wasn't out. Beautiful today. And then I don't know if you've looked at the long-range forecast. What you got? Thunderstorms in the afternoon and hot. I mean, up to like 93 as a high next Been week. in the business. We like to call that a summertime weather pattern. That's what we're talking about today. There we go. That's what we're talking about. Yes. 654-ROAR if you want to talk with us. NBA playoffs on the agenda. Talking about Chad Holbrook, quote-unquote, resigning. Wes Mitchell joins us in Hour 3 to talk more about that. And also, Daniel Shirley joins us at 125 today to talk about a host of different topics. Uh, coming on the text line before we get to your calls, 986-1566. What about the head coach at Coastal Carolina or Oregon State? And I'm going to go no in both circumstances. Pat Casey, the head coach at Oregon State, they were 52-4 and as of right now this year. They won 23 games in a row at one point in time. But to my knowledge, no ties to the SEC. And I think that's critical. you got to have somebody that understands the landscape, that knows how to recruit the Deep South. And I don't know that Pat Casey would go to South Carolina and have those kinds of connections. So I'm not buying that. And then Gary Gilmore at Coastal Carolina, if you were going to hire Gary Gilmore, the time to do it would have been after last season's national championship run by the Shauna Clears. Not the Shauna Clears, the Shauna Clears. 
They didn't even make the tournament this year. Gary Gilmore interviewed at Tennessee a couple of uh, years ago to try to become the head coach in Knoxville and didn't get the job then. And you mean to tell me now you're going to take a guy that interviewed at Tennessee, was not offered the position, you can do that same thing at South Carolina? Eh, don't think so. I think you're looking for a bigger fish. You're looking for somebody that makes more sense than those two candidates. So I, I, I'm not buying that. Not buying that whatsoever. 654, Roar, Georgia, Jeff, first call of the day. Jeff, good afternoon. Well, thanks, Roy. That That's really refreshing. You just shot my text straight down into the dirt. <laughs> I didn't know that was you that texted in, but very good. <laughs> no, uh, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I agree with you to a certain degree, but look, you're South Carolina. You, you've won back-to-back national titles. I don't agree that you have to, coach, you know, find a coach that can coach the SEC. I think you find a coach that you pay a coach just like you would any major sport that can recruit and win games. That's what you want to do. And, you know, I suggested maybe, the you know, right now the guy out at Pat Casey out at Oregon State, he's on top of the world right now at 52-4. and four. And, again, I know you, you, you're probably right he doesn't have any ties out, out east, but, I mean, I think you go after the guys like that. You're South Carolina. You're not, you know, you're not Georgia right now. You don't go after mid-major teams or coaches. Georgia went after Scott Strickland. That's just blown up in our face. Well, let me tell you what's happened with Strickland, too, now. There's been an issue, I think, on his staff where they didn't bring in the kinds of coaches that had the kinds of ties that I'm talking about, that, that understand right. the landscape. It, it, it is important. And it's not just having the SEC ties, but being able to go to the ballpark at Cobb County on the AAU circuit and identify talent and, and know the coaches already. So it's, it's not about having SEC ties, but it's about having ties to recruit in the Deep South. You, you, and, and, you know, Strickland at Georgia, I, I don't think, did a good job of doing that. And so you can learn a lesson from what's happened in Athens with their baseball program if you're Ray Tanner. And, look, he's smart enough. He's got enough connections. Jeff, he should be able to pick up the phone and anybody answers and says, okay, yeah, I'm interested in talking with you. And, and you know, look, this is going to be a big deal uh, for his legacy, I, I think, hey, in Columbia. Hey, now, now, Roy, with you saying that, does that include Monty Lee? No, I don't think so. I, I don't think Monty would entertain those offers. Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying he wouldn't pick up the phone and listen. Uh, but, no, I, 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 I don't see that happening. I don't think he's interested in doing that. I got you. All right, so real quick on the NBA Finals. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I've just kind of watched Durant the last two games and, and watched the Warriors at home. And, yeah, I know I get last year that, you know, they were up 2-0 as well. But the difference in this this series compared to last year is, you know, the Warriors didn't have Durant. And he's clearly been the best player in the, in the Finals thus far. And it's going to be tough for Cleveland – I don't think – I think Cleveland maybe wins one game at home, and then I think Golden State takes it back, and I'll take it off air. Jeff, we're with you. It's basically what we said to end the show yesterday. I Honestly, I think Cleveland wins tonight. They're a three-and-a-half-point underdog at home, which tells you how outstanding Golden State has been in these playoffs. Mm -hmm. Ben, if they're going to win a game – obviously would have to be tonight to stay alive because nobody is ever recovered from a 3 nothing deficit in the NBA playoffs, much less in the NBA Finals. It seems like the whole world is now against LeBron and the Cavs. That is when typically you get their best effort. Now, he needs help. There's no doubt about it. I don't think he has enough help 
currently on that roster to win the series, but I think they find a way to steal a victory here tonight. If not, they're going to get swept. Yeah, I, that's what we said yesterday. I, I still agree with that today. Tonight is probably their best chance of winning a game. Now, if they do win a game, you know, maybe we maybe maybe we think there could be the possibility they win one more, but I don't see – I really just don't see it happening. I, I thought it – I thought the Cavs would win two in this series. Yeah. After what I've seen the first two games, there's no reason to think that they're going to win two games. That and, and you you know where my allegiances lie, but everybody you know, does. The president a, of the Upstate LeBron Fan Club. Hey, that's right. There's room for one more. <clears throat> Come on. <laughs> Meeting every the third Thursday of every oh month. Oh my god. Hey, um, vomit time. And, and Kevin Durant. As great a player as he's always been, he's taken it to the next level in these finals in these first two games. He went to Golden State to win a championship. I don't blame him one bit for doing that, and he's playing like a man on a mission. Yeah. They have the big four in Oakland, and I, you know, I don't know that we've seen a team constructed like this with four highly skilled shooters and playmakers all on the court at the same time, and then weapons, not a ton, but enough, coming off the bench to protect the rim, to attack the rim, and just to serve as kind of a disruptor-type personality. They, they've got that. McGee and Pachulia and the rest of these clowns. Livingston, I mean, it's it's a really outstanding formula in this day and age in the NBA, and it's also extremely watchable, too. It's a lot of fun to watch. 654-7627 on the Northland Communication phone lines. Charles is up with us next. Hey, Charles? Yes. Yes, sir, my friend. Go ahead. You're on the air. Uh, I got a question before let me make a statement. Uh, two years ago, you had a conspiracy theory out there about Lee. If he took the Clemson job, would he go to Carolina? And mm-hmm. I thought, no, he's not going to do that. He's a coach. But anyway, I've noticed when you're on the radio and when you're on television, you got two different voices, different tones. Is that by design or what? In what way? What do you mean? Well, now, like when you're on the radio now, you've got a different voice. It's uh, it's, uh, to be. It's I know it's all orange. I know that, but you do a very good job on television. I like the way you cover, but there's a. It's just a different tone of your voice. Well, let's let. I don't know. Ben, have you noticed that? Do you mean do you mean in what he's saying, or or his actual the way that it sounds? Basically, both of them. Now, his description in on television is good, mm-hmm. but the way it sounds on you know between radio and television, to me, it's different. Yeah. Well, I I would start with this. When I'm calling a game on television. Number one, I'm neutral. Number two, I'm a play-by-play guy, so there's not a ton of room for me to get in there, Charles, and be really opinionated. Now, the more I do it, the more that kind of seeps in. And so on radio, I'll get on these rants. You know, we have to take a side. We have to do that. I mean, it's just it kind of goes along with with the position of hosting a show. If I don't have an opinion, there's really no point in me being on here, and it becomes very boring. On television, I'm leaning more on my analysts to break down the game, to give us the nuts and bolts, whereas I'm simply calling out the action on TV. It's more of his show, and I'm filling in the blanks. 
on radio, I'm talking my face off. I'm up on a soapbox. I'm giving you an opinion about every single thing. So they, they are two very different mediums, if that makes sense. And so that's probably why, you know, here I may be a little bit more animated. On television, if there's a big play, I'm losing my mind. But there's only two or three big plays a game generally. So I'm only doing that, you know, a couple of times every nine innings. So I, I can see why you think it sounds different. And, you know, it's 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 two very different mediums. Yeah, well, uh, I've noticed that. Like I said, you do a very good job on television. But anyway, you, you really answered my question. But you're right. You do have, you know. I thought that answered it very good, but thank you. Thank you, Charles. I mean, yeah, that's, it's, a lot of people probably wonder that. And, you know, I, I don't know if this weekend's the first time a lot of people saw me on TV. It, it feels like that based off the, the text messages I got and the, the emails and voicemails I got. A lot of people saying, oh yeah, well, there you are. Okay. Now I see what you do. So that's fine. It's good. Well, I, I think it's just because you were here in Clemson people who listen to us on a daily basis know you're a Clemson grad right know where your allegiances are and did not stop and I understand stop to think oh wait a minute he's not he's not getting a check from the flagship station of Clemson athletics this weekend yeah he's getting us a, a check from ESPN who's broadcasting this nationally and the majority of the listening audience don't know where he went to school right and so and that's an important point too because in that setting, there is no bias whatsoever. There is no slant whatsoever to one team or the other. And if there was, A, I would never get a another gig working here again, for sure. And B, something like that could cost me my spot on the ESPN depth chart or, or more, right? So that that's how critical that component is. Right. You think about Kirk Herbstreit. He played at Ohio State. Everybody knows he's an Ohio State guy. I think he's done a great job, at least on the on in the last ten years, of not letting that bias show through. Yes, you know, everybody on ESPN went to school somewhere, but for a lot of them, you don't know. Or, you uh, I mean not just ESPN, any kind of announcer for any network. Everybody has a a school they're a fan of. That's correct. Right, but you you have to uh, you you can't. You can't let that show. And I, I'll tell you this, too. I'll, I'll admit to this on air. And I can't really tell you why or how it works out this way. But the second that you step into that broadcasting position, into the booth, it really isn't that hard at all to take that perspective and to call it right down the middle. And if you would have told me that three or four years ago, I would have said you're crazy. But no, the very first time that it ever happened, it's like this little switch cuts on and it's not a big deal whatsoever. So, and, and that's good. I mean, that's good that it's not a big deal because if it was, then, I, I, you know, it would come across on the air that you were kind of struggling with it. But truth be told, it's not at all. But Charles, I appreciate the phone call and that is... Um, Something probably a good number of people wonder about occasionally, I, I suppose. Our first hour today brought to you by our good friends at Omaha Steaks, omahasteaks.com, where they want me to remind you about their Father's Day package. 49 bucks, 80% off, gets you the most incredible Father's Day gift that you can buy dad this June. And this is what we're talking about. The Father's Day package, 80% off. Includes the following, the two tender mild fillets, the two bold beefy top sirloins, 
the four chicken fried steaks, the four juicy boneless pork chops, four all-beef Omaha steak burgers, the gourmet jumbo franks, 12 ounces of all-beef meatballs, a pound of the fries. They're called steakhouse fries. Four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets, the Omaha steak seasoning package, plus four additional burgers free. 49 bucks. Go to omahasteaks.com. Type in Roy in the search bar to add the Father's Day package to your cart. That's R-O-Y in the search bar. Omahasteaks.com. Code Roy. 49 bucks gets you the Father's Day gift package right now. Don't wait. The offer ends soon. Go to Omaha Steaks. Type in Roy in the search bar. Grab your dad the best Father's Day gift known to man. And yes, it is that simple. You know, on, on the air here, there's a slant towards what's going on across the street on Clemson, over Clemson. I, I, I've never shied away from that. Not for a single second. If you listen to the show, there's, there's a hefty dose of what's happening at Clemson. We talk about it. We analyze it. We, we take your phone calls on it. And so it's, it's different here. It's vastly different here than what it's like on television. So I'm, I'm actually kind of glad Charles uh, called and asked those questions. I don't really like talking about it on air, but if you call and you ask, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer. I'm going to tell you. Six five four seven six two seven. Tar Hill, Kyle, Seminole, Ted. You guys hang tight. Uh, we'll get to your calls coming up in our next segment. Stay tuned. No matter where you're going, you'll see hundreds of convenience stores along your route. What sets Loco Mart in Clemson apart? Quality gasoline at awesome prices? Yes. Rewards to help you save even more money? Yes. But you'll also find a huge craft beer selection at Loco Mart that you wouldn't find at a normal convenience store. There's only one stop you need to make. Local Mart on Old Greenville Highway and Highway 123. Proudly locally owned and operated. Marathon. Fueling the American spirit. King Pallet Company in Liberty is hiring first shift laborers at $82.50 a day. Great pay at $82.50 per day. King Pallet Company. 843-2448. That's 843-2448. Everybody knows the story. You can't sleep on a bed that's too hard. You can't sleep on a bed that's too soft. But you can sleep on a bed that's just right. Engineered Sleep might not have been around when Goldilocks was written, but they know that a bed that's just right is made just for you. It's not just a fairy tale. They actually build a mattress based on your sleep habits and patterns so that you can get that Goldilocks kind of sleep. And if after a couple of weeks you find it's not perfect, Engineered Sleep will adjust it until it is. Visit their location at 627 Congaree Road to see the process and learn how your mattress is made. By manufacturing your custom-made mattress at their factory, you're saving money because there's no middleman. Factory to you. And you can score a significant discount by picking your mattress up instead of having it delivered. Engineered Sleep, it's not mattress shopping, it's an experience. It happens every time. When a hailstorm hits, there's an increase of people who want to take your money for roof repairs. Problem is, many of them are just trying to take advantage of you and don't really know what they're doing. Gillstrap Roofing has been around for decades. Trust Gillstrap Roofing to handle the repairs and deal with the insurance. Just because someone knocks on your door with a card that says they're a roofer doesn't mean they'll do quality work at a reasonable price. Call Gillstrap Roofing, 269-1232. Looking for delicious and innovative food in downtown Clemson? The Blue Heron Restaurant and Sushi Bar is the answer. Fresh house-cut steaks and seafood and free-range poultry are just a few of the menu items that define the Blue Heron. 
and specials like Thursday's Burger and a Brew. Any one of our delicious burgers and domestic beer for $10. The finest steaks and fresh seafood at the Blue Heron, College Avenue, Clemson. Visit our website at blueheronfood.com. Experience vaping on a whole new level at Vapor in a Bottle at 7704 Augusta Road in Piedmont. Whether you're just beginning or advanced, the vaping specialists at Vapor in a Bottle will gladly show you their wide variety of name brand juices and custom juices blended for premium flavor and consistency. Name brand tanks and accessories will enhance your vaping experience. Great prices, great people, and great vaping at Vapor in a Bottle in Piedmont at 7704 Augusta Road next to Tony's Pizza. If you dream of owning your own business but are overwhelmed at where to start or what to do, call JanPro. Whether it's extra income or starting a new career, JanPro will guide you, train you, support you the whole way. Just listen. We made a very small investment into the business, but yet they took the time to train us and to teach us, you know, how to do what we were supposed to do and everything. And not only to train us, but they follow up with us. Call 485-3053 or online at jan-prowc.com. Listen at home. Listen all day at work. Listen on the computer. It's all digital and stuff. Live and local. The future of entertainment. Live and local all day. 105.5 The Roar. Hi, first hour of the show continues. Van Halen in the background. Might as well jump back into it. It's a good song, though. It's like 1984-ish. Some good music in that year, in that era, that genre. It's not bad. Uh, Talking about Chad Holbrook resigning in Columbia. A couple of guests coming up later in the show to talk more about that. NBA Finals, some TV talk there in our last segment, college baseball. If you want to talk with us, the Northland Communication phone lines are open, ready, and waiting, open for business today. 6547627. Seminole Ted up next. Ted, good afternoon. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Roy. I just wanted to feedback on your last conversation. I just have two questions. I'll take comments off the air. Which is our what is what goes into prep for TV versus radio? You know, how long do you have to prep for a game? And what do you, what does Roy prefer? Does he prefer to call? a baseball game or a football game, and I'll take comments off the air. All right, thank you. Uh, prep time, it's its a lot. Do you think we prep for radio? <laughs> Come on, Tim. Well, well I... <laughs> Have you listened to us? Stop. We uh, prep during the commercial breaks, dude. <laughs> I mean... I'm kidding. Kind of. <laughs> it's okay sometimes. <laughs> let, me, let me describe it like this. The very first show I ever did here... I came in here, I, I think I was filling in for Mickey I, when he was doing the afternoon show and, and he was going off on a golf tournament. So he sent me an email, can you fill in? I was like, yeah. And so it was the first time I ever did it when I was just kind of a co-host dude before that. And, and so Ben, I, I come in here and the studio looked a lot different then than it does now. It's very nice now. It was not nice at all then. And I'm thinking, here we go. I'm going to jump into this thing. The phone lines are going to light up because of all these hot takes that I have, right? So I come in, and and I've got probably five or six uh, pieces of paper, single-spaced. I've got maybe eight or nine topics, and I'm running the gamut. I'm talking Clemson recruiting, like this is in 2003 or four. 
I'm talking about next year's schedule. I'm ranking coaches. We're looking at the national championship game in college basketball, which was coming up. I got all these topics, man. This thing is just going to be incredible. And so I probably spent three or four hours typing out stuff. You talk about this, you score with that, and you give you, you know, this is the number of games they're going to win next year. You rank the schedule from easiest to hardest. Oh, I'm going to take this thing by storm. I come into the studio and introduce myself and start reading from that sheet of paper. All right. And I'm going through, this is what we're going to talk about today. Ranking the schedule for Clemson football 2005 from easiest to most difficult. Blah, blah, blah. Well, we got the national championship in basketball coming up tonight. Blah, blah, blah. In less than 10 minutes, I read every single word on all seven sheets of paper that I had coming in to that show. <laughs> and not one freaking phone call. Not one. Right? So I, I learned a lesson right out of the gate that it's not just about coming in here and reading what's happened. Uh, you're going to bore everybody to death if that's what you try to do. You have to develop an opinion on something. You have to understand the big picture of what's going on in sports and then how to relate that to your listener. You have to be able to tell stories like we just did right there. And you have to be able to intermix all of that in a semi-non-boring manner. And it's an art. It's not a science. Do you prepare for the radio? Absolutely. But you prepare in such a way that's more loosey-goosey, where you come in with a broad spectrum of things that you can get into, understanding that one phone call or one silly comment made by either one of us, Ben or myself, and the show can spiral into a completely different direction. And you have to be okay with that. So every single day I prepare, sometimes it's more detailed than others. If we've got a serious topic or we've got a ranking of things, it's going to be a little bit more detail-oriented than if we don't. Honestly, sometimes some of our best shows and some of my best work, I feel like, is when we come in with not really that detailed of an agenda. Mm -hmm. That's just how it works out because Ben and I feed off of each other. We feed off of our really good phone calls sometimes or texts or, you know, in the fall, the hater hotline and that sort of thing. It's an art. It's not a science. In the television world, it's more scientific where you have to come in in my position with certain facts, with some opinions, but detailed research, detailed conversations with coaches and or players and kind of understanding there's a flow and a timeline to the entire broadcast. And I have a lot of people that help along the way. Favorite sport to call is football. I, I kind of grew up with football. I enjoy doing basketball. It's probably the easiest one to call because there's not a ton of players. I, I enjoy baseball almost as much as football, but it is a totally different deal. I mean, it's, it is, uh, it's rhythmic and the pace I think is very important, but it's also a, very much a storytelling deal more than the other sports because you have a lull in between pitches and innings and there's more time to do that sort of thing. But, the, but it's all fun. Uh, it, it, it's all fun in, in my opinion. Anything you want to add any of that, you know, a lot of broadcasting geeks like myself. So you see, you see what a Don or some other guys you've worked with in the past do. And I imagine it's pretty similar to what I just said. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, you covered that pretty well. I, I would just tell you from, from where I have sat for many, many years now, seeing all kind of broadcast 
play-by-play guys spent on on TV and radio spend whatever whatever amount of time you think they spend prep, preparing probably triple it. Yeah. That's that's been my experience anyway. For a football game, I spend a solid week. Yeah. Depth charts, reviewing everything, talking to everybody. I mean, it's an event, it's not a game as we've talked about for many many years here. I mean, even if you're a fan, you can understand what I'm saying there. Six five four seven six two seven. Tar Heel Kyle joins us next. Kyle, good afternoon. You're on the air. What's going on, Roy? How you doing, brother? Doing well, Kyle. Great to hear from you. <clears throat> yeah, um, I, you know, just real quick. I know you know college basketball is kind of way off the radar, you know, this time of year. But but this, you know, Cameron Johnson transferred into uh, to North Carolina. Have you had a chance to read the letter that he that he wrote to uh, to Pittsburgh? I have not seen the letter, but I do know okay. this. You know that that whole transfer. I, I mean, it, when I read about it, it sounds like a done deal. But but Pittsburgh yeah, is continuing to try to block him yeah, going to UNC. Hold on, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, so, yeah, and, and, you know, he. Uh, yeah, I saw it on, on Twitter, but he, you know, he wrote a letter. Basically, they they told him, you know, um, they had all these school. He, they they said he couldn't go to an ACC school, and I think then they um, they backed out of that and told him he could go to an ACC school. Um, but he'd have to sit for a year, just kind of like a regular transfer. But then he found out, somebody found out that, you know, you graduate transfers, you graduate from university and you transfer, you don't have to sit for a year. So then, you know, he wrote this letter to, you know, whoever you're supposed to write it to, uh, you know, at Pittsburgh, you know, trying to get, um, be able to transfer to wherever he wants to transfer to and, and not have to sit out for a year. So, you know, I just wanted to get your comments on that. You know, what th- these, these transfer rules, I, I know we need them. You know, there's, there's, there's certain rules we need, but you know, he graduated, he was there, he played three, you know, three scholarship years for, for Pittsburgh. He graduated from Pittsburgh. You know, should he be, um, kind of pigeon held the way he's being held right now? You know, even if it wasn't North Carolina going wherever he wants to. And, um, you know, along with that, what do you think he brings to the table for us? I know, we can always use uh, more three-point shooting for sure. And, you know, he shot almost 43% from three-point uh, three line last year. So what are your thoughts on what he can give the Tar Heels on the basketball court as well as what you think about these uh, transfer rules? And I'll take your comments off here, and I appreciate it so much. All right, Kyle, thank you. Played at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh does not have a roster of players right now. No, they have two. They got two, <laughs> yeah. And, and so they've got like 10 spots they need to fill for, for Kevin Stallings. I, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, that, that thing looks really, really bad. Johnson averaged about 12 points per game. He graduated from Pitt. In my opinion, at that point in time, if if he's leaving, if he wants to transfer and play somewhere else, Pittsburgh should allow, should allow him to do that. Now, most schools will, with the caveat of you can't transfer to a school that is going to play your old school right. that next season. And I get that because... That's that's an advantage, having been at one school and then you're playing against that school just the next year. That's not the business you kind of want to get into. But as as a graduate, that school is saying you can go everywhere. But I, I could see how that would be, you know, semi-offensive. In this situation, I, I don't think it's a done deal. And what I think ultimately will happen is he's probably going to have to sit out a year and, and then play the following season. And the amount of financial aid that he can receive after that point is something I think that is presently unknown unless Pittsburgh decides to grant him his full and total release. And I don't know if they will. When you take to social media and you're respectful and you kind of get this momentum behind you, it, it seems like a lot of schools will back down and say, okay, you're free to go. For him to play next year wearing baby blue, that's going to have to happen. Otherwise, 
we're gonna ha- you're gonna have to wait. And I, you know, I don't know if he's gonna want to do that or not. He's already graduated. He's played three years. He probably wants to play next season. If he does get added to your roster next year, it's a big boost because of all the talent that you just lost. Kennedy Meeks played forever. Justin Jackson. Did Joel Berry the second to say, does he come back for one more year? I, I, think, I think so. Yeah, I think he was thinking about the NBA and then decided to come back, so that's a big deal. I, I don't see Carolina as a national championship team next year, but I see them as a top-four team in the ACC and a top-four seed in the NCAA tournament, which puts them in a conversation for something. Uh, but with Hicks gone and Kennedy Meeks gone, and you remember Tony Bradley left too. Man, I wanted to see Bradley there for at least another year to see what that looked like. He had all kinds of potential. And now, you know, he goes to the NBA. He'll be a first-round pick, and I think he'll go on to have a really good career. But losing that kind of talent, I think, is uh, significant. And so North Carolina, not a number one team next next season, uh, not a national championship caliber team, but uh, certainly going to be ranked. If Johnson plays, it helps. I don't think he's a difference maker from what I just said there, to where you go from really, really good to elite. Right. But I like him as a player, and I think you need him down there, given the loss of Justin Jackson. I see both sides of this story, and, and Pittsburgh's kind of getting a lot of negative uh, publicity over this. It, it seems like most people are saying, you know, well, once, you're, once you graduate, you know, all bets are off. He, he and, I, and I get that. He graduated in three years. Did his deal. Uh, he ought to be allowed to move on. However... There was a one of the national shows uh, on CBS one night had a had a former coach on and I can't for the life of me remember who it was but anyway the coach said you know I, I get I understand the outcry the guy he's graduated and all that but on the other hand he knew what the rule was at Pittsburgh when he enrolled and you don't know what kind of deal has been said you know what kind of conversations have happened to, between the coach and player. He said, when you have an upperclassman like this there's and, and the coach even gets wind that he may want to transfer, sometimes there's conversations about, I will recruit this guy, I will not recruit that guy. I mean, there's there's all kinds of, uh, you know, behind closed door conversations. And, you know, and he just pointed out that there could be more to the story. And his guess was that there was more to the story, given the fact that Pittsburgh is drawing such a hard line in the sand here on this thing. Let, let, let me go with this. The NCAA is broken. It's losing power. And I don't know how much longer the organization is going to exist. The current deals with television make it kind of a difficult thing to unravel. But the way that student athletes and universities are governed or really not in many circumstances is getting to the kind of point to where there's too many holes in the dike and there's too many leaks going on before it finally decides to burst. This kind of situation, what we saw at times with the weather delays across the college baseball regionals this past weekend, how student athletes are compensated with uh, stipends and things of that nature, it's starting really to not all add up. In reality, the guy graduated, he should be able to do basically whatever he wants to within reason. I don't think it's unreasonable for this guy to go play at another ACC school. If a guy here at Clemson was doing it, certainly we'd look at it a little bit differently. But if you take off the orange-colored glasses even for a second, you, you, you start to understand, okay, the guy did his time. 
He played well. He graduated. It's time to move on. That's what he wants to do. Go do that if that's what you really want. I don't know. Hour two coming up. Daniel Shirley joins us. Also, don't forget Wes Mitchell from Gamecock Central coming up in hour number three. And a former Clemson football player has announced his retirement from the game. We'll tell you who. We'll tell you why. That's coming up next. 654 Roar. Back with more after this. Broadcasting live. This is a playback. From the Blue Ridge Security Studios. WCCP. Clemson Greenville. 105.5. The Roar. Rely on EnviroMulch. They supply quality landscape supplies for any outdoor project. Their spring special. Get double ground hardwood mulch for a dollar off per yard. Ordered online with promo code WCCP. No other discount supply. From your friends at EnviroMulch. Go Tigers! You owe it to yourself to check out Purple Haze of Anderson in their brand new location. Voted the Upstate's best piercing studio, Purple Haze is now at 3448 Cinema Avenue in Anderson, next to Dazzlers and behind Grady's. Body jewelry, glassware, tapestries, incense, 